You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey, here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Great to be back with you once again. Well, we have some uh, good news and some bad news. The bad news first, and then, well, the good news is my uh, predictions were 100% accurate the past week. I predicted the Wilds' losing streak would come to an end because the schedule got easier. But unfortunately, the first two games, I predicted some fairly lopsided losses. Just didn't think they'd be as lopsided as they were. Uh, well, <laughs> that's pretty much where we're going to start this show. We're going to start with the reviews and then do the previews, and that's going to be it. This is going to be a kind of like what uh, <laughs> guys on the courtside podcast, that's in the basketball podcasting community, call a mini-sode. It won't be a traditional Brave the Wild show It'll be a mini-sode. We're cutting it down to two segments. Just just reviews and previews and just kind of talking about the, well, the positive vibes we're getting with our new goaltender. Because, yeah, if you've been living in a cave, the Minnesota Wild have a new goalie, Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik. I hope I'm saying it right. Dubnik. Dubnik. <laughs> Dub. Dubnik. Dubnik. Whatever. No, it's Dubnik. And, uh, well, he's a positive. He's a positive addition. And we're very happy to have him on board. But we're not going to talk about him until, well, halfway through the reviews here. And then we'll preview just two games next week. That's why I'm getting on with the show right here, right now. Because it'll only be two games again in the next show. So it's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be fairly easy the next couple weeks reviewing the games. You'll probably get some shorter shows. Hopefully some sharp and detailed uh, reviews and previews without going overboard and yabbering too much, which I'm already starting to do. Looked like the Minnesota Wild quit on their coach in a big way as we headed into Sunday last week. Sunday, January the 11th, to Chicago. We knew we weren't going to win the game, but the effort was crud. The Wild did not look good. The score could have been much, much worse. Luckily, the Wild finally scored <laughs> in the third period, and it was Matt Cook, and that's it. 4-1 to loss. It was 4 nothing. It was one nothing, 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4 nothing. Chicago... 
And who do you think scored? Yeah, the same guy that always scores against the Minnesota Wild every single time. That's, uh, well, yeah, Jonathan Taves, sure. Patrick Kane, sure. But what name do you hear every single time the Minnesota Wild play the Chicago Blackhawks? It's a guy that, well, yeah, like again, he's not Patrick Kane with 47 points or Jonathan Taves with his 38 or 39 or 43 points right now in the season. It's a guy with just a mere 18 points. And he added two points, a goal and an assist in this game. And, of course, he had two goals the last time the Wild played him. <laughs> played the Blackhawks. Yeah, that's that's uh, Brian Pickle. Brian Pickle's got to be about the most hated man in the NHL for Minnesota Wild fans. He scores every single time the Wild play against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's just unbelievably annoying. And, of course, Brandon Saad, he keeps getting better and better. And he's always an agitator, but he never... Well, he never does anything to get a penalty. He just tries to draw him. It's just, that's who he is. And Marion Hosa, a guy the Wild tried to sign like 17 million times. And I've mentioned that 17 million times in this show. He always kind of seems to rub it back in our face and has a good game. And he had a goal and an assist also. It's just an overall strong game at the Chicago Blackhawks. And another bashing by the, uh, well, by the big name, uh, by the big namers out there in the NBC Sports Media. <laughs> totally understand why. I mean, how, how can you blame them? Chicago Blackhawks uh, game there. And, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins a few nights later were on NBC Sports again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, especially Mr. Uh, Jeremy Roenick, from former Chicago Blackhawk, of course, for quite a while there, before moving on to the, uh, the uh, Phoenix Coyotes at the time. Phoenix Coyotes, now I'm happy to call them Arizona. It just sounds better. And then the Philadelphia Flyers and such. It's been quite the, uh, well, it's been quite, I mean, it was quite the career for him. And he's had a nice uh, second career in the media for NBC Sports, analyzing hockey. Kind of the Charles Barkley, you could say, of hockey media now. The former player who likes to talk a lot. And, well, he he brings a lot. And he basically was calling for Mikeo's head on a night-by-night basis. Because the Wild were on NBC Sports quite a few times the past week. And he basically said, yeah, the Wild need to make a change. Time to go. This team has quit on their coach. And regardless, you know, I feel bad for him. He's a good he's a good coach, this and that. But the Wild need a change because it's not working. It's simply not working. And this team should be playing better than they are. They should be in the postseason. Yeah, I agreed with him in a, in a lot of ways with that. But luckily, it doesn't look like the Wild have quit on their coach necessarily. Yet, there's a lot of things that are driving a lot of people crazy. Let's just get on to the Pittsburgh game. The Blackhawks game, we just got our, well, we got our heads handed to us by a better team on the road. What a surprise. And of course, but the effort not being there was extremely frustrating. We know what Clayton Stoner said. I mentioned that on the last show, that one defenseman gets all the minutes. Well, that defenseman was a minus four against the Pittsburgh Penguins Tuesday, January the 13th. Oh, 13. Talk about bad luck. Minnesota Wild take it to the chin against the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Looked like the uh, the wrong side of the 91 finals in this one. The Wild lose 7-2. That's right, 7-2. It's just, uh, well, nobody likes to say this phrase because it's just an excuse. It's a, it's, it's a loser's attitude. It's a loser's attitude, as uh, Mike Yo would say. And yeah, it, it is a loser's attitude, but it is what it is. 7-2. <laughs> yeah, seven to two. Yeah, do you think any of the do you think any of the Wild were one of the three stars of the game? <laughs> Hell no. David Perrin with four uh, with three points in the game, two goals and an assist made us look like kids. 
Chris Knutz, who was a really nice, obviously undrafted guy who really became a, a star the past couple of years, was a relatively unknown player in the NHL until the last couple of years. Just really became something kind of like, a, well, kind of like at one point a Pascal Dupuis, but but better, like a rich man's Pascal Dupuis. Penguins just manhandled the wild. And what what really is there to say about this game? Well, Justin Fontaine and Jonas Brodine scored. It was nice that they scored and all that. We, we deeply appreciate that part. Um, nice to see Jonas Brodine score. It's a sixth point of the season, and it's nice to see him healthy and all that good stuff. And he is definitely having a better season than, uh, well, than last season. He had a sophomore slump, and he's had a little bit of a junior jump. And the good news about Jonas Brodine, he is the plus-minus leader on the Minnesota Wild. And when you are a defenseman on a team that has been struggling, and there's a lot of minus minus players on the team, if you're a plus six, you're you're doing a good job, and that's a good sign for Jonas Brodin as he continues to develop in this league. Hopefully, he can be well one of those very successful Swedish defensemen. There have been quite a few in this league. I'm not going to name names because comparing anybody right now would be absolutely stupid. Um, Ryan Suter, though, his fingerprints all over this loss, just just manhandled throughout the game, just. Guys going right by him, not in position, and of course he was gassed. You know, uh, Ryan Suter was gassed in this game. You know, yeah, but why was he gassed? Because he played too many minutes, eh? <laughs> That's why he was gassed. He played too many minutes. He plays too many minutes, and everybody knows it. Enough's enough. But you know what's good about this? <laughs> you know what's really good about the situation with Ryan Suter? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, well, yeah. He elbowed a guy. That's right. The elbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he suspended for two games. That's what's good. That'll that'll reduce his minutes, at least for a couple games. And funny, things got a little bit better, and other guys, well, got more minutes, and there you go. Nice little elbow job by uh, Mr. Ryan Suter, without a doubt. And, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins player that uh, was elbowed was Steve Downey. So, yeah, thanks again, Ryan Suter, for that. That was definitely not a Ryan Suter thing, but <laughs> not something you would consider a, uh, well, not the kind of guy you would consider a multi-time offender. But, ultimately, Ryan Suter is uh, uh, was frustrated, and he'd been, well, he'd been struggling in a huge way. And it was plain as day what he did, that it was intentional. I mean, it was just like he raised it up intentionally. It wasn't like uh, like he was trying to, I don't know, trying to knock the puck away or something, and his elbow just came up and hit him. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't any type of incidental contact at the point I'm trying to make. It was clearly a intentional uh, elbow by Ryan Studer. And, uh, well, in a lot of ways, I think he needed to sit down, and it's about time he did. So we'll we'll take that in a, in a good way and hope... Uh, Steve Downey uh, is all right. Is ultimately all right after that one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ultimately all right after that injury, per se. Uh, so now the Minnesota Wilds. Well, they acquire a goalie. His name is Devin Dubnik, as we talked about just recently, for a third round pick from the Arizona, <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes, who we're about to play. Yeah, in a couple, a couple of days later. This was on Wednesday, the 14th of January. Wonderful news for the Minnesota Wild. And it's just like the question we all want to ask right now, why couldn't we do this sooner? Just why couldn't we do this sooner? Was Dubnik not as available at the time? Were they asking too much? 
And there's another guy who I've long, long wanted on this roster. Wanted the Wilds to go after via some type of trade. Could it be ultimately just that the St. Louis Blues would be unwilling to part with him? And that's a guy by the name of Brian Elliott, whose goals against average is always in the very low twos. He's got 28 career shutouts. He's always he's always been a really good, really good Shut down, shut down goalie for the St. Louis Blues. I mean, every time we play against them, it seems like we never can score. And then Brian Elliott just happens to be in the net in those games. It's been definitely, I mean, he he is definitely (laughs) a player that I've coveted for the wild for a while. For the wild, 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 you know, that's just how it goes. But would the Blues want too much? Would they flat out have nothing to do with the wild in a conversation for the guy? I don't know, but I've always, always been interested in Brian Elliott. Jake Allen is the uh, goalie of the future there in St. Louis. They've pretty much split time, though. It's kind of like a platoon there. I mean, I never understood what the Blues were doing there, ultimately. When you have Jake Allen, who's been doing okay, he's kind of a little bit on the too young side. But when they've been, uh, when they were frustrated enough to get, to bring Martin Brodeur back, when he's way past his prime. I mean, he's 42, and his goals against average is, in, is pretty much three. After a couple of okay games, he miraculously got a shutout not too long ago. I mean, like his 99 millionth of his career. I mean, there's a guy with triple-digit shutouts. That's absolutely nuts. Um, but no, Brian Elliott is a guy that I've really... I've always wanted the Wild to potentially go after because he's always been kind of underrated, I think, in St. Louis. There's always somebody else in the net. <laughs> I mean, they made the trade last year, and I didn't understand it. And they made another move this year, bringing in Martin Brodeur. What's going on? Why is Brian Elliott not the guy in St. Louis? Well, we could make him the guy here. Heck, I'd even bring in Brian Elliott <laughs> to pair with Devin Dubnik. Why not? Because Devin Dubnik historically has played better when the pressure is off, not when the pressure's on. The pressure is on, and he's been off to a really damn good start as we quickly head back into him. I went slightly off track, but ultimately, is it off track? Because what has been the the Minnesota Wilds? Achilles heel pretty much since uh, Thanksgiving. Heck, even maybe a couple, maybe like a week or two before Thanksgiving. What has been our Achilles heel besides the power play, which was the Achilles heel since the season opener? It's in the goaltending. Um, It's been insanely frustrating. Well, Brian Elliott, I think, would solve the Wilds goaltending woes in a big way. I mean, no goalie's perfect, and he's going to have his crummy games where he's going to get pulled. He's going to give up four goals in like two periods, and you're going to pull him. And that actually did happen recently, and Jake Allen came in and did very well for the St. Louis Blues. In fact, he did fantastic, stopping tw- uh, 19 of 20 shots and helping the Blues beat the uh, Carolina yeah, huh, the Carolina Hurricanes in a shootout. So, there it is. Um, everybody's going to have a bad game once in a blue moon, once in a while. Brian Elliott's a guy I would go after. So, I mean, ultimately, I have no... <laughs> I have no information on if the Wild have ever gone after Brian Elliott or what the St. Louis Blues would be seeking or if they literally would just shut the door and say, the hell with you, don't you dare call us about this guy. And yes, it's in the division. That's what makes it insanely difficult to make trades because division rivals just, they just don't make trades. It's like once in a, once in a blue moon, once in a while. And, but, the, but, the, but the good part about that can be it can make the rivalry even better. <laughs> it certainly can. So let's get to the positivity. Another goal. <laughs> another game. Why am I so hyper? What the what the flip? But another game where somebody scored seven goals. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this time was the Minnesota Wild. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? 
it was the Buffalo Sabres, yes. And I predicted, well, this is a Mike Yo loses his job, potentially, just like last year. <laughs> potentially loses his job, because what if the Wild lost 7 to nothing or 7-2 to two to the Buffalo Sabres? Would you really want to keep him after that quit job they put in the past couple games? Now, the Chicago Blackhawks game, they came at them firing like crazy, and the Blackhawks still survived 4-2. to two. Now, this was a week before the Buffalo game, January 8th. The Nashville game was a gutless, lame game. 3-1 to one loss on the, on Sunday the 10th. That was a week ago, of course. The 4-1 to one loss against Chicago, that was garbage. And the 7-2 to two demolition in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was an absolute bleeping joke. Everybody knew it. It's like, has this team flat-out quit on Mike Yohan? Is it time to move on? Maybe. And if the Wild did flat-out get destroyed against the Buffalo Sabres, I would think... Yeah, get him out of here. That's It's time to go. I mean, obviously the team has quit on him, regardless if he's a great coach or not, or a mediocre coach or not, <laughs> or a horrendous coach. It's time to move on. I mean, the team's not responding. Well, the team responded, partially because I'm sure you now you have a goalie that you can count on. You can be more aggressive on the other side of the rink. On the <laughs> you know? You just might be able to go and attack in the zone a little bit, teensy bit more, Rather than, well, have to be paranoid that, oh my god, my goalie might give up a softie, my confidence level's down, we can't be aggressive at all, we have to pretty much just, well, yeah, <laughs> hope to god he doesn't give up a softie. Well, Devin Dubnik didn't even face anything, the Wild were so aggressive and had the puck in the Buffalo zone pretty much the whole game, and they went 7-0, to 7-0, I mean, talk about the highlight of a season, it's just you hope that the Wild didn't just use up all their energy on one on one opponent, and it being a, well, an opponent that <laughs> an opponent that certainly wasn't up to the task. A desperate team, absolutely desperate in the standings, and had just gotten a shot in the arm with a new goalie <clears throat> who is competent in the net. Competent. At least you have competence in the net. Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup with competence in the net. Corey Crawford was 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 more than competent, at least. <laughs> he was competent. Um, Niemi was competent. And they still won the Stanley Cup in 2010. They didn't have Martin Brodeur or Dominic Hasek or Ken Dryden <laughs> going way back or even John Casey. They had <laughs> they had Niemi. You know, I mean, who again? Oh yeah, Niemi. Yeah, he's just an okay goalie who's probably a backup on most teams, but a starter on some. Devin Dubnik. Well, he can be. He's a backup on some and a starter on some. The Arizona. Why am I going all over the place with Arizona? The Arizona Coyotes are a, well, I mean, they're struggling, but they've, well, they're all in on Mike Smith, even though he's actually older than Dubnik. His goals against average is horrible, (laughs) but partially because the Arizona Coyotes are having a horrible season. So ultimately, they're willing to give up Dubnik, and they also do have a goalie of the future that they'd like to bring in as the backup. So that's a good thing. And you got to think there's other situations out there, like in St. Louis, like in St. Louis, Missouri with the Blues, Brian Elliott at age 28 or 29 already. It's like, why not? He's kind of their Josh Harding. He's kind of been hanging around for a while and been good. Josh Harding without the MS. Dubnik is like Arizona's, uh, well, he's sort of like that. They, they got him from Edmonton and, and, and all that. He's kind of been up and down, had a crappy season, but he was like this year's version of Josh Harding, I suppose, a one-year deal over there in Arizona. And he and he represented. And he looked good when the Wild played against him earlier this season. That's why I recognized him and knew who he was right away when the Wild did acquire him for a third-round pick. He made the stops he needed to. 
gets his 10th career shutout. Fantastic. We'll take it. <laughs> what a fun game overall, though, for the Minnesota Wild. You know, Zach Parisi, Thomas Vanek getting in it. Vanek with a nice one-timer. Parisi attacking the net like he does. Kyle Braziak scoring to make it 3 nothing. It's like, you know, everybody's in on the party. Eric Halla had two points in this game. He has now more than doubled his point total. He went from three points once he was sent down to the Iowa Wild and brought back up. He now is at seven. So he has already more than doubled his point total in the past two weeks. So that is a very damn good sign for the Minnesota Wild. Yes, you're padding your stats when you score seven goals against the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. But you know what? He still scored two other points earlier in the you know earlier in the past two weeks. His play has definitely improved, and it you can see it. His skating is better. His his effort is better. Once you well question what he is out there, you say, "Hey, man, if you're not going to step up, you're going to get sent down to the Iowa Wild. You're not going to be on the Minnesota Wild. You're not going to be in the NHL until you get until you start stepping back up again. You start playing like the player we thought we had last season in the playoffs when he was one of the most viable players on the Wild in the playoffs. Well, he's a valuable player again." And that's fantastic. That's a good sign for the Wild, ultimately. He had his fourth goal of the year. Again, that was his you know, seventh goal of the game. But hey, he still did score. That's that's great. And he had an assist earlier, like much earlier in the game, when, well, Buffalo is still in it. When it's 2 nothing. The, the Sabres are still in the game. Um, Matt Dumba called up because of the suspension to Ryan Suter. Wow. <laughs> this guy is, uh, he, he's a different player than he was before he was sent down to the Iowa Wild. Because remember when he was sent down there, he pretty much was getting about a point a game on in down down in Iowa. Just fantastic. Scoring goals and assists. But about six goals, six assists in about twelve games. You know, that's pretty much what Matt Dumba did down in Iowa. Absolutely dominating down there. Like a Dion Fanouf, like a pronger, like 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 whatever you want to compare him to. An aggressive offensive defenseman that actually can be well, physical and such. And he got in his first fight as well, and it was a really, it was really nice. That was uh, pretty cool to see. He stood his ground after it, it was a pretty, uh, pretty uh, nice kind of cheap shot, nailed uh, Kyle Braziak. Mister uh, Matt Dumba, did, I mean, he was not afraid to get in a fight here and get get on with things, show show what he's made of. That was fantastic, and that was against Nicholas. This yours. That was awesome to see. He just he stood his ground. Looked like he was gonna lose the fight really early, and then next thing you know, he was right in it, and he kept jabbing away, jabbing away. Very cool, and you could tell a lot of the the men on the Minnesota Wild bench were uh, well, they were gaining respect for the guy, and you gotta like that. Now, now we could say welcome to the pros, Matt Dumba. I think he's ready to be a professional in the National Hockey League. We'll see if the Wild send him down again, but. Um, well, <laughs> right now, I don't see any reason why you would send him down. I mean, he's he's looking fantastic, and the Wild desperately need a defenseman that can play because Justin Falk can't play. Prosser's barely an NHL player. He's feisty a little bit, but that's about it. I mean, he can't handle the puck. He, he can't score for his life. And not the defensemen are necessarily counted on to score, but once in a while, when, when you see Prosser attacking the net, it's just like, whatever, and he does it too much. That's another thing right there, but I'll kind of leave that where that is. This was an all-around, just a wonderful little game, a coming-out party for the Minnesota Wild. It's like, 
where have you guys been the past, you know, month and a half here, two months, two months actually, yeah, two whole months, where have you been, where the hell have you been, <laughs> million dollar question that no one really knows other than, yeah, they just, <laughs> they just didn't have the work ethic, and of course the, the results on the power play, and poor goaltending, it just, just killed the wild for so long, and this game was an example of what Everything, <laughs> this game is an example of everything going right, including finally having a competent goalie in the net. Because he, he did face a couple shots, not a whole lot. It was tonight's game against Arizona that Dubnik looks like a nice goalie, at least for the time being. Tonight, Saturday, the 17th of January, the Minnesota Wild defeat, well, Devin Dubnik's old team, just a couple of days later, 3-1. to one. Two wins in a row for the Minnesota Wild. That's four points in two games. So there it is. There it is. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. How can you not be happy right now with what we're seeing (laughs) out of the Minnesota Wild, at least out of these two games? Yes, they're inferior opponents. Yes, these are games you really absolutely should win if you're even a halfway decent team, a slightly above 500 team. But slightly above 500 teams sometimes lose games like this. Especially when they're playing like garbage. But the Wild got the job done, and this is an opportunity to get things going. It's it's kind of almost like the Wild got sent down to the AHL. (laughs) You know, like Matt Dumba, like Eric Halla got sent down to the AHL. They went went there, (laughs) scored some goals, built some confidence, and now maybe, just maybe, this team could be ready for the big time again. (laughs) Are they? I don't know. They're a bit, they're a bit far behind in the standings. That's the scary part. Ugh, the 13, 13 points behind the Winnipeg Jets isn't good. Nine points behind the LA Kings isn't going to get it done either. But hey, good wins against not so good teams and suspensions to players that maybe needed a little break. Could that be a jump start for a team? Could players being sent down and coming back up and playing phenomenally better? <laughs> could that be a jump start to a team? Sure. Sure it can. Heck, even Charlie Coyle scored tonight. How about that? And he looked awesome tonight. In fact, I would absolutely agree with what I'm seeing here. Charlie Coyle got the number one star for the game tonight. Devin Dubnik, number two star. Only one goal allowed. And it was late. And it was just one of those kind of situations where, well, it was a nice it was a nice bounce <laughs> off the post. And, <laughs> and, and Vermette got the rebound and finished it. You know, it's just one of those things. Late in the third period, but hey, there it is. I mean, the Coyotes are going to score sometimes. <laughs> or actually, late in the second period, pardon me, not third. I do apologize. Late in the second period, and the Coyotes ultimately did score and were in the game for quite a while there. But luckily, Dimnik, one save after another, including a really, really damn good pad save that was getting to be late in the third period. About three minutes left. Stuck his leg out just enough. Stopped it twice. Another rebound by Arizona and stuck it out even further. Stopped the puck. I mean, they thought they scored. In fact, the, they were raising the sticks in the air thinking they scored. But Dubnik got the job done, and there it is. I mean, that's a that's a very encouraging sign for the Minnesota Wild that we have a competent goalie. Very competent, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hey, I mean, at least they have something right now because Backstrom is... <laughs> obviously, he's broken down. He had way too many injuries over his career. 36 years old does not mean you're done age-wise, because there's plenty of goalies that have lasted beyond 36. Plenty of, of solid goalies that have lasted you know, well into 38, 39. But Backstrom, his injury history is so rich. 
it's so rich that I got to think those injuries have really taken the toll on Nicholas Backstrom and his ability to be a competent goalie. So ultimately, he's going to be bought out in the offseason. I mean, it's like a 100% chance he's gone. Devin Dubnik, this is where there's a slight danger zone for Devin Dubnik, though, that, I got, that we all got to know. It is a contract year. And we all know what contract years are. They're often the best season for a guy. <laughs> often. Sometimes guys come back, though, and they play even better. Or they pick up where they left off. That's what you hope. But again, ultimately, you know, you don't give a, a Dubnik a five-year deal for like, you know, a trillion dollars like you did for Nicholas Backstrom. <laughs> because very rarely do goalies live up to that type of contract. But when you look at something possibly like like a more reasonable a more reasonable price, like two, three years, for maybe like two two million, maybe like a like a good backup type of money, where he could be a starter type of money, two to three years type of thing. If you can get Dubnik to to bite on that, okay. And if not, go after Brian Elliott, baby. <laughs> go after Brian Elliott or somebody. <laughs> we'll we'll look at free agent goalies in future episodes when the time comes. But uh, yeah, um, go after somebody. You know, via trade or of course free agency. Tom, July the first, which is often a very very fun day in the National Hockey League. What sucks is how it dries up so quickly after that. <laughs> but no, I mean. Back on Charlie Coyle, when you see him play up to his potential, it, it, it's a it's it's nice to see. He doesn't have star written all over him because he's too inconsistent to be a star in this league, barring some type of, well, change. Like, he actually does become a consistent player. We certainly haven't seen that yet. But when Charlie Coyle is at his best, he's just so good in traffic. And he's, he's, he's going to be a much more productive player in this league. When he gets, when he becomes more consistent out there, because he uh, he is very very strong on the puck, and when he can start getting a couple more bounces and start hitting players on his passes that are well in position to score, and <laughs> he can get some puck luck and all that good stuff. Charlie Coyle's numbers are going to start to start to creep up, and when they do, he'll at least be a nice. I mean, at least a extremely good third line center, and maybe even a really good second line center in this league. First line, I don't see it, but maybe, maybe. I mean, sometimes sometimes players just continue to emerge as they get older. Right now, I mean, I see him as a good third-line center and maybe a really good second-line center at some point in time as he continues to get stronger and stronger on the puck. And again, the puck luck starts to bounce his direction. Just a nice, solid little stretcher for the Minnesota Wild. Just a couple of days here, just, just a couple of games but very solid and very encouraging that they were able to come out of this with winning both games and Dubnik with a goals against average. So far, as a member of the Minnesota Wild, 0.5. That's good. We know it's not going to be that good. <laughs> no no bleep, right? No bleep. But, hey, he stopped what came his way, and tonight he really, really did a damn, damn good job, and that's very encouraging. Very encouraging, without a doubt. Very happy there. So let's wrap up the reviews and let's pass out the awards for the players of the week and, well, the player of the week and the disappointment of the week. Mike McDonough Award is going to go to Devin Dubnik for being such a positive piece for the Minnesota Wild. It wasn't because he carried the Wild. Then they rode him through the past two games like he shut down the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and stopped Patrick Kane on a breakaway. You know, No, it was nothing like that. It was the shot in the arm he gave the organization by coming here and performing well, stopping pucks that needed to be stopped. 
and plus also the fact nobody stood out to a point that they deserve it uh, other than Devin Dubnik. So there it is. Doobie, there's your first Mike Madonna award. Hopefully not your last. Because if he's going to start getting some more, hmm, the Wild, are, the Wild have a shot to be, uh, well, they have a shot to be doing something here. Competence in the net. Doesn't have to be a superstar, but competence in the net. Uh, once you have competence in the net, maybe you just might get some more, well, you might be able to attack on the in, in the other team's zone a bit more without fear of giving up a, a goal on the other end. As often, as long as you play smart and don't give up breakaways in the first place, just maybe this team could go on a run and possibly compete for that eighth spot once and for, I mean, you know, like that eighth spot once again. That would be terrific. So we'll see where, we'll see where things go. Ultimately, the James Shepard Award, the disappointment of the week, it's a pretty easy choice. That would be Ryan Studer. Minus four against Pittsburgh. He struggled horribly the past few weeks and the elbow job to Stephen Downey. Gotta love that. Really just terrific stuff there, Ryan. Oh, if Mike Yo, just play him a little bit less. I mean, he could, he's still the number one guy. We know that. And Spurgeon's been fantastic. Dumba's emerging. Brodeen's doing well. Well, now you have four four defensemen there. If Dumba continues to play up to his potential and continues to gain more and more confidence in this league, there you go. And Foleen's at least okay as a fifth guy. Heck, he even wears number five. <laughs> That's funny, huh? And then Prosser is what he is, a sixth defenseman, and hopefully, ultimately, you can replace uh, positions like that and uh, with somebody better in the offseason. We'll see. And again, no offense to any of those guys. Maybe they can beat beat other guys out and they belong in this league. But until they do, hopefully the Wild can acquire somebody. Somebody who's physical and strong <laughs> to ultimately man the post <laughs> at one of the, you know, on the blue line and be that tough defenseman that the Wild really haven't had since Willie Mitchell. We're dying to have a guy like that in this team. I think I was a bit long-winded here. i got to think the previews are going to be much less long-winded because there's only two coming up. So yes, uh, as mentioned, De- uh, Devin Dubnik will be the Mike Madonna Award winner. Ryan Studer gets the James Shepard Award. Congratulations to both of you. <laughs> Positive and negative reasons. Alright, so let's take that break. Let's come back to do a little previewing. And, well, we're pretty much going to call it a show there. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tall Grass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast 
just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportsstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. This is the preview segment. Only two games to preview, by the way. So, like I said earlier, Minnesota Wild host the Columbus Blue Jackets on Monday, January the 19th. Of course, Martin Luther King Day, so happy MLK Day to those of you out there. Columbus Blue Jackets come to town. They're uh, not, still not doing so hot, even though the Minnesota Wild still couldn't take care of business at home on New Year's Eve, as they are, well, so famous for doing for the last several years, always losing the New Year's Eve game to a team, regardless if they're good or bad. Last year was a very good team with St. Louis. The Wild looked weak and lame. The Wild lose 3-1 to to the Blue Jackets this year, who are, well, below 500. They're 19-21, 41 points right now, 7th place in the... 7th <clears throat> place in the Metropolitan Division. No, 7th place in the Wild Card standings. That's uh, not good at all. 7th place there, only 10 points ahead of the Buffalo Sabres, ultimately for the worst record in the Eastern Conference. Not a very good season for the Columbus Blue Jackets, yet they're still a, well, semi-competitive team against the Wild, right? No, they're still at least, yeah, they're still something out there. I mean, they they score goals, and they're, they're goaltending not so hot. Ryan Johansson leading the way for the Columbus Blue Jackets, big time. I mean, 43 points in 43 games. Can't beat it. I mean, Minnesota Wild would, would kill for a, for a player like that right now. First round pick in 2010. There's that year always. <laughs> Lots of good players came out of that draft. Unfortunately, the Wild clearly did not get the best one out of that bunch. But hopefully, he'll be one of the better ones. That being Mikhail Granlin. Certainly not his year right now. Fourth overall pick was Ryan Johansson. Looking the part with the Columbus Blue Jackets leading the way, but still a lot like the Edmonton Oilers, not uh, really winning at a high level. Nick Folingo leading the team in goals, barely, with with but with only two points behind Ryan Johansson overall on that top line in Columbus. That's pretty much what the Columbus Blue Jackets are right now, is their top line. I mean, they're <laughs> after that, it drops off significantly. They have a nice defense in Jack Johnson. Scott Hartnell is a veteran that's been a, around a long time. Ryan Suter knew him pretty well with the Nashville Predators for years. This is a team the Wild absolutely could and should beat, though. I mean, okay, let's make up for that horrible performance on uh, New Year's Eve. Let's get it done. I mean, let's show some energy. It's pretty much if the Wild come out with energy in this game. They should be able to win, particularly at home. I mean, there's just no excuse at this point. The goaltending in Columbus, nothing special. Sergei Bobrovsky. 2.86 goals against one, only one shoutout on the season. 15 and 14 on the year, so at least he has a winning record. But overall, a beatable goalie. Um, the Wild absolutely should win this game. They're 
on a nice <laughs> they're on a nice uptrend for the time being. Let's beat this under 500 team, get a three game win streak, six points out of three games. That's fantastic. I mean, that's there you go. I mean, that's the only hope the Wild have is to go on some type of run. Especially when you have to play Detroit the following night, Tuesday the 20th. But yeah, I, I mean, I do think the Wild win this game. I do think they continue. And I think Dubnik starts off his career with the Wild at 3-0. and And that's fantastic. And he'll keep his goals against average under 2. It may get to 1 at some point, but it, it'll be under 2. I think the Wild win this one 4-2. to two. I think it's going to be a nice, solid win for the Wild. We'll welcome back Jordan Leopold, who's a, now a defenseman on the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's, uh, well, he was on the St. Louis Blues. That's where the confusion comes. This guy has bounced all over the place. Certainly not the player a lot of us thought he was going to be. And, of course, a fellow Golden Valley, Minnesota native is Jordan Leopold. I'm always happy to mention that. And, yeah, the Hobie Baker Award winner for the National Champion 2002 Golden Gophers. A memory that I will just always cherish. I love that so much. But, yeah, his NHL career certainly has never been anything close to what a lot of us thought he was going to be and what the Calgary Flames and, and Mighty Ducks thought he was going to be long, long ago when he was taken in the second round of the draft. Um, but, again, a nice little homecoming for him. A lot of people wouldn't mind him coming back to the wild, per se, to be a fifth or sixth defenseman. I, I wouldn't mind that, you know, like a, a third-pairing guy. It's got to be better than Keith Ballard, right? <laughs> but even Keith Ballard at times has been okay. Ah, but now I'm bouncing all over the place. Again, bottom line, Minnesota Wilds should be able to beat this not-so-good Columbus Blue Jackets team. Certainly not the team they were a couple years ago when they actually snuck into the postseason with Marion Gabrick on the roster. Um, Todd Richards, well, he's he's kept his job there, and good for him. And he's But he has snake-bit the Minnesota Wild in the past. Understandable. I can only imagine how happy he was beating the Wild <laughs> in those games. Hopefully this is a case where he doesn't in the wild again do as I say and win 4-2. to two. That would be my fifth consecutive uh, correct prediction. That would be great. I'd be very happy for that. But then heading to Detroit, unfortunately, on back-to-back, back-to-back nights. Yeah, Tuesday the 20th, Minnesota Wild head to Detroit. They're third place in their division. They're definitely going to make the playoffs for the 9 billionth time in a row. Um... I wasn't, I mean, it, it, it was the 1980s, folks, the last time the Detroit Red Wings missed the playoffs. And when you think about that, it's just like, just boggles the mind. I mean, they're, they're just amazing. They're just survivors. Remember last year, they almost, <laughs> they almost made a run. I mean, they looked like they were going to, and, and then ultimately they overcame, I mean, the other team overcame them and beat them in the first round last year. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. It was unbelievable how close they were, though, <laughs> to making some type of run. My goodness. Henrik Zetterberg, he's been there forever. 37 points on the season. Pavel Datsik, they're all still there. Nicholas Kronwall, still there. Another Swede defenseman. Lots of good ones out there. You know, and Frenzen still around. Jimmy Howard's hurt, though. But, shoot, I mean, they haven't lost a step with with Peter, Peter Mazurmarizic. Excuse me, I can't say it right, and I apologize. He's, uh, well... Statistically, he's about as good as Jimmy Howard, at least so far. And he's 8-3 on the season, 2.12 goals against average. He's been fantastic, and he was fantastic again recently the other night, only giving up one goal. Jimmy Howard, obviously one of the better goalies in the league. 2.11 goals against average. He'll be missed with that injury out about four weeks. But again, Peter Mrazek, Peter Mrazek, uh, again, Detroit not missing a step there with, with him, and I don't think the Wild win this game, unfortunately. Um, they're just too good, and man, this guy, oh, it's, it's Detroit, they're just going to keep winning forever. 
Because, again, 2012 draft, fifth round, and he's this good. Oh, man. Chuck Fletcher, why can't you take, why can't you find a guy like this in the fifth round? Why didn't you take him in the fifth round, uh, Chuck? Really? You know, because I think we took, I'm sure, pretty sure we, we were drafting ahead of the Detroit Red Wings in the fifth round that year. Or maybe shoot, maybe take him in the fourth round instead. Oh, man. Uh, oh, oh, if, if only, you know. Only 22 years old and he's this good. Darcy, you're not even close, are you, buddy? Not even close. And yeah, Darcy was a sixth round pick. Yeah, so what? So bleeping what? If he was like a, a lower end prospect. Yeah, well, this guy was only a fifth round pick. It's not like he was taken, you know, like tenth overall or first overall. But he's playing like a first round pick, that's for sure. Oh, Wild could, yep, yeah, okay, I'm dancing around that too much. But uh, ultimately, I don't think the Wild are going to beat this team. They're, they're just too good. And it's on the road and all that. Just a wild occasionally play well against Detroit. And, well, we don't have uh, <laughs> we don't have Josh Harding to put in there to face 40 shots like we always seem to do in the past. Wild would always lose. They, they would go on the road against Detroit when they were, like, the best team in the league. And then Josh Harding would stop 40 shots, but we wouldn't score. We'd still lose 2-1, to 1-0, one, one nothing, 2 nothing to the Detroit Red Wings. And it would drive us all crazy. And, of course, the second goal in that game would always be an empty netter. It'd be like one nothing for like eternity, and poor Josh Harding would be left, uh, well, just left hung out to dry because there's just no, no scoring on the other end. Back in the past, this time around, it's going to be Dubnik. He's going to be in the net for the foreseeable future. I got to think the Wild are going to try to ride it out, and unfortunately, I think Doobie will get his first loss of his uh, well tenure with the Minnesota Wild. His currently brief tenure. We'll see if that continues with some type of an extension. Again, that's for another time, another show. If, if Dubnik is really good against this Detroit team and helps the Wild win a like fourth game in a row, man, oh man, oh man, are the Wild uh, the Wild are in business at that point? But I think that's too good to be true. Too much to expect this uh, at this point in time. D- Detroit's just too good, and regardless of how good the Wild are, even if we're like a team that would have home ice advantage in the first round, I'd still pick us to lose against Detroit in Detroit. We just never win there, man. It's a it's just not a not a very winnable game. Best coach in the league, best team, you know, overall. I mean, they don't miss a beat. There, there's a reason why they've stayed good for 25 years, because they draft well. They they sign free agents that they need, but then they draft really damn well. And again, this goalie right here, <laughs> Mrazek. I can't even say his name, and I should be able to say it. Mrazek should be the... Uh, I mean, a, a guy like that's going to keep them good for another 10 years, as long as they have scores in front of him. I mean, they, they should be fine. And they have some nice young defensemen still in the system. Detroit is going to be... Uh, they're going to make the playoffs for like 50 years in a row, I think. <laughs> that's just all there is to it. Hey, that's the end of the reviews. I'm sure you're happy about that, aren't you? I'm sure you're happy. No, but that's the end of the reviews, and I'm going to end the show here. It's a mini-sode this time around. Not really anything to talk about with the Houston Arrows. Uh, they have they played two, they only played two games. They they won four to one in one game, lost four to one in another, and nobody of note right now is standing out. Um, it's nice to see uh, Grayavac. He's playing okay. He got an assist, and that's about it. That's pretty much it down there right now in terms of the uh, the notables, guys that are supposed to be prospects for the team. Brett Sutter's been playing fairly well, um, and well. John Curry had a nice game where he stopped 30 shots and or 33 shots and gave up one goal. So, okay, that's good. But oh, <laughs> but he's pretty much a minor league goalie, not not like a real prospect for the Wild. 
none of the Zach Phillips has stood out or anybody like that. So uh, that's unfortunate from that standpoint. But at least that team's playing 500 hockey rather than like, you know, like one out of like five hockey like they were earlier under the previous coach who was not developing anybody. We'll see where things go. Very impressed with how Dumba developed down there. And Eric Halla seemed to really, well, come back with a much different attitude this time around. So (laughs) whatever they're doing down there, it's better than it was. Let's wrap up the show with that. Thank you all for listening. I do appreciate it. Do, do tell a friend about Brave the Wild. Do post a positive review. Yes, a positive review. If you do like the show (laughs) on iTunes, write a review if you can, if you have the time for that. It would be greatly appreciated. And I will be more than happy to mention you on the show like I did last time around from Brent Jacobson and Mark Carlson. Love you guys so much. Thanks again. And we'll be back next week to talk about two more games. And, well, enjoy the All-Star Week. That's one of the reasons why there's less games right now. Enjoy the All-Star Week. I'm not a fan of All-Star sports. I think it's just a joke. And in hockey, it's like, you know, a 9-8 to eight game. That's kind of lame. You know, I mean, that, that, that ain't hockey. That's just a firing squad. It's just a shootout, you know. Eh. <laughs> you just send your goalie down there to get, like, fried mentally. That's that's fun. I'm glad we're not sending any of our goalies down there, but... Yeah, sure, like like our goalie's going to be an all-star game. <laughs> if he was, they'd probably get 20 goals. <laughs> Darcy Kemper, if he was healthy enough to be there, or Backstrom. Ugh, he wouldn't stop a single shot. All right, enough for the rambling. Thanks again for listening, and good night.